All right, good morning. Will you stand with me as we begin to read Ecclesiastes? Oh, not Song of Solomon. Start in verse 7. Oh, the light is sweet, and it pleases the eye to see the sun. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. But let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. Be happy, young man, while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart in whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things God will bring you to judgment. So then banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when men rise up at the sound of birds but all their songs grow faint, when men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags himself along and desire no longer is stirred. The man goes to his eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the, well broken at, or the wheel broken at the well. And the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. This is God's word. God, thank you for your word this morning. Um, Holy Spirit, come and speak in and through me this morning. May your word go out and not return void. May it fulfill its purpose, and may you be glorified. It's in your name we pray, amen. You can have a seat. As I, would, as I was reading this, I thought of a few stories uh, from my past, but the one I'm going to share this morning uh, is from, from my college days. Uh, during college, I got to work at a summer camp for uh, two or three summers, and uh, one summer, uh, the staff director, he had us do this team building challenge. You know, they, you got to build your team together. So what he did was he brought us all down to the pool. There was about, I think there was about 20 or 30 of us. And he brought us all down to the pool at the camp, and he split us into two groups. One group was on one side of the pool, and the other group on the other side. And he gave each group three four-by-fours, about six feet, six feet long, and a bunch of rope, and said, you guys need to swap sides of the pool with the materials that you have. And you guys have an hour and a half to do it. Ready? Go. So... We just start clamoring like, oh, shoot, well, we got rope and we got wood, so we got to make a bridge of something, like, we got to make a bridge of some sort. So the first bridge we built was basically just like a teepee. I mean, all three sides were just leaning up against each other, wrapped around the top, wrapped around the bottom, and then wrapped, tied a rope to the top of each side of the, of the teepees and just tried to 
shimmy across or army call across or whatever you did. But by the time you got to the middle, there was too much slack in the rope. And if you made it to the middle, you were lucky. Like, ah, this isn't working, this isn't working. So another guy came up with an idea. Hey, what if, what if we cross them in the middle, tie it in the middle, and then we tie a rope in the middle of the, in the, middle of the cross, and then we just kind of try and get across there. And then we can tie a rope to the top of another piece of wood, and that way when we shimmy across, we have something to hold on to when we go across the pole. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. We don't have much time. Let's go. Let's do this. So we untie everything, get it, get it to how he wanted it. A couple people made it across. But again, by the time you make it to the middle, there's so much slack in the rope, not many people made it. So I think, what do we do? So then a, a lady, again, women are great with details. She didn't say anything the whole time we're doing this. She's just standing in the back. She's like, what if we built a V-bridge? We're like, uh, yeah, what is that? We don't have much time. She's like, use the bottom rope that you're using and then tie two ropes to the top of two of the poles. And so when you go across, you have two ropes to hold on to. It's kind of like a V-bridge. We're like, yeah, 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 let's do it, let's do it. So we did it, and everybody made it across the pool. And that's, I think I have, yeah, that's me. I made it across, barely. But so you can kind of see what we're doing. We have a rope we're going to, and we have two ropes we can balance on. And that's pretty much what the preacher is saying here in the text today. He's saying, hey, oh, enjoy this life. Enjoy life while you have it. Right? The light is sweet. It is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. However many years a man shall live, let him enjoy them all. But... Let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. Right? Be happy. Rejoice, young man, while you're young. That your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Whatever your heart, follow the ways of your heart. Whatever your eyes see. But know that God will bring these things into judgment, or God will bring justice to these things. So he's saying, hey, there's got to be a balance between this life and enjoying this life that God has given you and blessed you with, the mission he has called you to. But remember that in the light of eternity. Remember that one day you will come face to face with an eternal God who has always existed, who always will exist, and in his goodness and grace chose to create the heavens and the earth, man and woman. So he's saying, in the light of this, in the light of this eternal God that you will meet one day, enjoy this life. This, your eternal God, will give meaning to this life. Because see, if we, if we only focus on one, if we only focus on this life, enjoying this life, oh, this is all there, ha- this is, all there is. We don't know what comes next. This is all there is. Live it up. Right? Party hard, sow your oats, enjoy it. Who cares about what comes next? Then your successes, your possessions, your relationships in this life become all there is. And then those things will begin to define who you are 
and the worth of your life because it's all there is. But if we only focus over here on eternity, and oh man, I can't wait till Christ comes back. I can't wait for eternity. I can't wait for God to come and restore all things to how he intended it at the beginning. Then we miss out on what he has for us now. We miss out on the story that he's writing us now. It's like watching a movie and just fast forwarding it to the end just to see what happens, right? We know what happens. We know the end of the story. But you miss all of the character development. You miss all the plot development. You miss the whole movie, the whole story because you're so focused on the end. God's writing a story now and he's inviting us to participate in that but when we're so focused on the end, we miss and enjoy God's company now. So there has to be a balance. In fact, I'd, I'd argue that when we live our lives now in the light of eternity and remember that there's an eternal God, then the legitimate pleasures of this life can be fully enjoyed as they were intended. We won't try and find our meaning in those pleasures, but we'll understand that these are sweet gifts from God for our enjoyment while on earth. As I was reading through this and kind of praying through this, I started to ask myself, Where, what brings me joy? What brings my heart joy? And do I find my meaning and worth in those things? Or do I find my meaning and worth in the God who created me to enjoy those things? So some of the things that bring me joy are, are creating. I love woodworking. Love to build some tables. Just love to build. Love photography. Love drawing. Painting. I don't do those things quite as often anymore, but those things bring me joy. When I get to do those things and they're all done and I get to look back and see what, what I got to create, what I got to build, it's like, ah, oh, that's, that's good. I like it. I like it. But I enjoy the process even more than I do the finished product. I find joy in connecting with others. If you know me, you know like I love to connect on a deep level with people. So when I'm able to have deep conversations, oh, it brings my heart joy. Get past, I'm, I'm an extreme introvert, so I'm, I do not do well with small talk. You know, like, how's your day? Cool. I got like three questions in me. Like if you stick me in a room with, and I don't know anybody, how was your day? What do you do? And do you have a family or kids or something? After that, I've got nothing. It just gets awkward silence after that. I'm like, ah, yeah, cool. I got nothing. But man, if I feel safe enough to ask some deep questions, what's God doing in you? What's God doing in your heart? What's God telling you about how to love your wife or love your kids? What do you need prayer for? How are you hurting? How can God bring healing? Man, those, those conversations, and if, I'm, and if I'm able to have those with some of my students, 
if some, some of my students, they'll open up and just say, Mr., this is my life and all its messiness, and I'm able to speak truth to those things. Those are the days where I'm like, this is why I do what I do. This is why I got up this morning. It brings my heart joy. I find joy in getting out into creation, going camping, going fishing with the boys. It can be frustrating fishing with the boys, but it's still, it's still good. It still brings my heart joy. My family brings my heart joy. Watching my kids grow up, having my son pray for me this morning. All those days of discipline and correcting and teaching, man, to see them come to fruition in their heart and behavior uh, brings my heart joy. Connecting with my wife, and she says, I don't know what's wrong with you, snap out of it. She's able to speak truth over me. In the moment, it doesn't bring me joy, but man, when I'm able to sit back and say, my wife loves me enough to, let, to not let me sulk or to not let me sit in this, but she speaks truth over me. It brings my heart joy. These are just a few things, I mean, just a few things that when I take a step back, just bring my heart joy. I'd encourage you, maybe today, maybe later today, or tomorrow or this week sometime, you get some time to yourself, ask yourself, what brings my heart joy? I think sometimes in the mundane of life, we just get so busy that we just do what we do. We don't stop to think. Like, there are moments where we're like, oh man, that, that was awesome. We don't stop to think, what brings my heart joy? And then ask yourself, do I find my worth and meaning in those things? If that was to be taken away, would I feel like my life doesn't matter anymore? Ask yourself that. Because as I asked myself that, when I, found, when I was thinking about these things, I was like, ooh, man. I oftentimes find my worth and my meaning in those things that bring my heart joy. And I know this because I start to become prideful. I know this because those things that I enjoy actually create anger and bitterness and jealousy in me when I see somebody else doing it better. Right? This guy that just started woodworking, he's turning out tables that are like beautiful. And I'm like, what the heck? Unfollow on Instagram. It creates jealousy and bitterness in me. I see, I see someone loving and correcting their kid when they're throwing a temper tantrum, and I'm just like, oh, shoot. They do it better than I do. Man, I wish I could be like that, dude. It creates jealousy in me. So those are the times that I know that, man, I'm, I'm finding my, my value and my worth in those things. Not in the God who created me to enjoy those things. He's... Anthony, as I create you, oh, you're going to love to get into creation. You're going to love to work with your hands and create. You're going to have a beautiful family that I'm going to give you a responsibility to disciple and lead. But don't find your worth and your value and your meaning in those things. Those are good things. 
that are going to bring joy to your heart, but they were never meant to give your life meaning and value and worth. Those things are found in me, in your creator. So the preacher goes on and says, banish anxiety or worry from your heart. Cast off the troubles of your body for youth and vigor are meaningless. So how do we do that? When we start to find our value and our, and our worth and our meaning in this life and the things that God intended to bring us joy, anger and bitterness and jealousy take that place. So how do we banish those things? Remember your creator, he goes on to say. In the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, when you begin to lose your balance and you start to focus on just these things and find your value and meaning in these things, remember your creator. Remember who your creator is. Creator of the universe, the heavens and the earth. Remember his character, that he's a good and loving God who sent his son to die on the cross so that these things do not define us. Remember you were created. Remember who you were created to be and what you were created for. Remember that you were created by God in love, with purpose, for mission, to reflect the light of the glory of God to a broken and dark world. For those of us that are parents, man, one of the greatest responsibilities to teach our kids to remember their creator in the days of their youth. To remind them while they're young, their identities still being shaped. In society and culture will tell them, hey, this is who you are. In order for you to be accepted, you need to accept these things. In order for you to be loved and valued, you need to love and value these things. And as they get older, as they get in high school, and as they get into college, and they begin to explore, and they get to experiment, and they begin to figure out, who am I outside of my parents' house? Who am I outside of my parents' authority? The things that they learned in their youth will help give them balance as they navigate young adulthood. Because they will seek pleasure in this life. God has created us with desire. He's created us to love pleasure. And as they go on in high school and young adulthood, they will try and figure out what does it mean to enjoy this life. But as parents, if we teach them, hey, this will not be fulfilling. These things you try, do not find your value and your worth and your meaning in these things. Remember your creator, that you were created by a loving God with purpose for mission to reflect the light of his glory to a broken and dark world. And when they get older, 
as all of us do, our prayer as parents is that they will remember those things and that they'll balance this life with enjoyment but in the light of eternity. The preacher goes on to say, remember your creator in your youth because as you get older and as you age, your body starts to break down. Amen, right? I heard, a, I heard a pastor say that when the Bible refers to young men, it's usually referring to, to people 40 or under. I was like, dang it. <laughs> Crossed over into the older men generation in the Bible. No longer in the young man generation. And then Chris reminded me that most people in the Bible live to about 150. So 40 is actually about 20 if you kind of... <laughs> I kind of navigate it nowadays. Either way, I'm not in the young man generation anymore. And I can feel it. Feel my body starting to break down. He goes on to describe this aging process and getting older through through some beautiful poetry. That on the outside, when you first when you first read it, you're like, what the heck is he talking about? When the grinders cease, the doors to the street are closed. But there's some, there's some poetry here that I want you guys to see, and we have some slides. So the arms and the hands that keep the body that now begin to tremble are the keepers of the house. The strong men that bow down are the legs and the knees begin to sag and become weak. The grinders that cease, because they are few, when you start losing teeth, right? Can't chew anymore. Those looking through the windows grow dim. Your eyesight begins to fade. The doors to the street are closed. Lips and mouth can no longer chew or swallow. The sound of grinding fades. The ears become weak. Men rise at the sound of birds. Sleep becomes more difficult and one is easily awakened. All their songs grow faint, the weak and feeble voice. Men are afraid of heights and dangers in the streets. One becomes more fearful in life where courage once, once ruled. And when I read that, I'm like, hey, ain't that the truth? When I was young, I had a picture, I didn't, I didn't bring it. Well, I had a picture, when I was young, when I was in college, we took a trip to the Grand Canyon, and I found this picture of me sitting on a ledge. It's like this rock overhang that overhangs into the Grand Canyon, and I'm just sitting on the edge of it, just swinging my, my legs. There's no way you would catch me doing that right now. When I, yeah, when I read that, I, I'm, like nowadays, even like roller coasters, I'm like, whew, yeah, good, good luck, boys. The almond tree blossoms mean your, your hair becomes white. Doug, your, your almond tree has blossomed, brother. <laughs> the grasshopper drags himself along. Where once you were active, you become weak. And desire no longer stirred. The passions and desire of life just weaken and wane. 
The silver cord is severed, the nervous system breaks down. And the golden bowl is broken, the brain and the memory start to fade and break down. The picture is shattered and the wheel's broken. The heart begins to fail and stop pumping. What great poetry and what life will look like towards the end. Encouraging, right? But man, what a reminder. What a reminder to enjoy your youth. Because see, in your youth, it's typically those days where you start to try and find your identity. You try to figure out, who are my group of friends that I'm going to follow? What am I going to obey my parents in? Who am I? What do I want to be about? What do I want to do? In your youth, you have your whole life ahead of you, and you're always looking forward. And then as you age and as you get older in your life and your body start to break down, you no longer start looking forward. You start looking backward. You start to ask yourself, has my life mattered? Whereas when you're young, you're like, I want my life to matter, so I want to be able to do these things. I want to do these things. And then as you get older, you start to look back. This last birthday of mine, I just had one a few weeks ago, and for some reason, it was a hard birthday. 40 was fine. 41, for some reason, it was hard. So Jill texted me one day. She's like, hey, I, I don't know what's wrong, but you're not yourself, so if you need some alone time, take it. Anytime my wife offers me alone time, done, see ya. So I took it because something was wrong. So as I spent some time just before the Lord and just praying and just going introspective, God, what is going on in my heart? What is wrong with me right now? See, the weeks leading up to that, I began to ask myself, has my life mattered? And I started to look back for instances or circumstances or relationships or whatever it was in my past to validate that my life has mattered? Have I had influence in others' lives that would point them to Jesus? Have I done well at my work in all of my jobs? Have I reflected the light of glory of God? in my work, in my family, in my relationships. And I started to look back. Has my life mattered? And I started to place my worth and my value and my meaning in things of the past. And as I sat there and I, and I read God's word and I started praying, I felt the Lord, I felt the Lord say to me, Anthony, Stop looking to the past to validate your life and your worth and your meaning. Those things are found in me. It was like, oh. Slap across the face. You're right. You're right, God. My life and my meaning are found in you. 
And when I look to you, my creator, my God, then those things have worth and value and meaning because I don't take them for face value and it's all about me. But it's about what you and who you created me to be and who you created me to, to live out this life and my identity. How you created me, what you created me to enjoy. So I can enjoy those things, I can take those things and I can look back and I can say, those are the result of what God has done in and through my life. Not because I'm a great teacher, not because I'm a great worker, not because I'm a great dad or a great husband or a great brother or a great son, but because God has done work in and through my life. And I have seen your hand, God, in my past so I can glorify you now and look forward to what will come. And he ends with, the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to the God who gave it. Remember how you were created from dust and the very spirit of the living God breathed into your nostrils to bring forth life. That God who has always existed for eternity, I tried to explain that to my kids. I tried to explain thing, something I don't even understand to my kids. It's a little easier because you give them a simple answer and sometimes they're like, oh, okay. So I'm like, guys, God has always existed. And they're like, yeah, before the, before the world came, he created the world. I'm like, yeah, before that. But do you understand, there's never been a before with God. There's, there's never been anything before God. He's always, always existed. They're like, uh, okay. They didn't get it. So they just gave the, uh, you know, the, go, all right, dad, whatever you say. Nod, smile, and go about playing video games. But that very God who has always existed chose to create man and woman in his image, breathe life into them, but one day, we return to that dust and our spirit returned to God. But it wasn't how it was intended. God created for this to last forever. When he created man, creation, the heavens and the earth, oh, it is good. I'm gonna go down to the garden and dwell with my creation. Walk among it. Walk among man and woman. Speak truth over to who they are. My spirit dwell in them and with them. And then as sin entered the world and brokenness became a part of this world. See, the spirit had to drive Adam and Eve out because he's like, hey, we can't have them knowing good and evil and live forever. That's not how it was intended. So they can't continue to eat of this tree. You gotta go. And with that came death. The decay and our bodies aging. But we know the end of the story. See the preacher here when he says, remember the days of darkness for they're gonna be few. He only knows of Sheol. He doesn't know yet 
of the reality of the redemption of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross once and for all for the forgiveness of sin. He knows sacrificing animals. We know the sacrifice that took the place once and for all, all past, all future, all sin. We have the the glorious luxury of living on that side of this story. To know that truth. And that one day God will come back and restore all of his creation to how he intended it at the beginning. And that same God that created Adam and Eve and all was good and he dwelt among them in the garden. Know that that is the very same God today. And he dwells inside of you through his spirit. Walks amongst you. Walks among you. Speaks truth to who you are through his spirit. And that same God, the creator God, who created all things and doesn't make mistakes. is the God we need to remember in this life so that we can fully enjoy who he has created us to be and the things he has created us to enjoy and not find our value and worth in those things, but to find them in the Lord and to remember that we are a people who is created by God in love, with purpose, for mission, to reflect the light of his glory to a broken and dark world. Let's pray. God, thank you. Just thank you for this morning and thank you for your word. God, thank you that you are a creator God who creates with intention. Who doesn't just throw things up on a paper and say, well, I hope it turns out all right but with thought, with care, with love, creates. God, I pray that as we go out into this world and as this world and this culture tells us what our value and worth should be, may we remember our creator and God, what brings our heart joy what brings us this life joy, Father. May we see it through the eyes of eternity so that we can fully enjoy what it was intended to be, a good and perfect gift from you. It's in these things we pray. Amen.